Ahoy hoy and welcome to Subcultured, a podcast exploring niche subcultures from around the world. I'm your host, Jake Brennan. I'm joined today by fellow Hungry Hungry podcaster, Jacob Abbott. Hello. And now, waiter for this evening, delivering us some fresh, tasty niche subculture subjects, Joe Graham. Hello. Hey guys, how are we doing? Hi. Doing well. Good. Very, very good. Very good indeed. Good. So, um, if it's not already very apparent by this point, Subcultured is a podcast about exploring the niche and unusual when it comes to cultures that are either unknown or ignored. So, where's our first destination today then? What shores of the exciting and unusual are we stopping at first? I think, Joe, you're our captain today. I'm the tour guide this episode, and it's my specialty. It's war. Ah, I say oh. specialty. It's not my specialty. <laughs> I, I am not into vor per mm, se, in a I, sexual way. I find that hard to believe. I I know, I know. You look at Joe Graham and you think, now there's a lady who's into her vor, and that might well be true two years from now when I've fallen down the inevitable rabbit hole that is this subculture. I have been spending all day reading excessively about the fetish that is vor. For some of us who are, you know, innocent, innocent sunshine children to the internet, someone explain to me what vor is. So vor is an internet slang term for vorophilia, which is sometimes known as phagophilia, a paraphilia characterised by the erotic desire to consume or be consumed by another person or creature or to spectate another person or creature be eaten. So in short, it's basically being into people being eaten or eating other people. But it's not cannibalism. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, so, so what, what, you know, what are the... <laughs> it is cool, Jake. Thank you for saying so. It's yeah. very cool. I mean, we've talked about how we're going to start this podcast and how we're going to talk about this as our first interesting subject. But now coming to how do we properly talk about Vore, I've hit a bit of a brick wall, guys. How so? Well, for one thing... I'm openly talking about Vore in a flat that I'm sure has very thin walls. And I'm starting to question... <laughs> I'm just starting to question whether or not my neighbours are going to probably start knocking on and be like, hey, so uh, we heard what you're into. Want to join a club? <laughs> they will hear it and they will appreciate it and they will invite you over to their Vore parties. you just got to own it. <laughs> I like to think in this podcast we're going to end up making friends from all these interesting areas and learning more. Whether or not I get invited to sex parties is an entirely hey different now, story. It's a vor party, not a sex party. There'd probably be very little sex going on at a vor party. <laughs> oh, well, let's delve deep then into this subculture and uh, let's learn a little bit more so I can I can correct myself when I'm at these parties. <laughs> making... Damn straight. <laughs> So the actual word, vorophilia itself, refers to a paraphilia closely related to endo... Hang on, see if I can say this right. Endosomatophilia, which is a paraphilia in which one derives sexual pleasure from being consumed or covered by anything. But vorophilia is different in that the particular person deriving the sexual pleasure may either be an observer, they might like to watch, a victim, so as in they are eaten oh. themselves... Or a predator, not just a victim, Ooh. in which they want to do the consuming themselves. Can I just take a second just to... The, the, the original term and how it's such a, uh, such a worthwhile pun to mention that it's such a mouthful. I know, it oh, is. Terrible. Endosomatophilia. I don't know if I'm saying that right. <laughs> it, sound, it sounds right, at least. If we're saying that wrong, please comment and correct us. <laughs> All the experts <laughs> out there. But four is a great term, meanwhile. Very catchy. And hmm. um, so... A thing with vor that I think a lot of people don't understand is that it's a fantasy fetish. It's not it's not the kind of fetish that people are like, you know, gonna invite their partner home and be like, hey, let's enact some vor. Because for the most part, it's literally physically impossible to reenact. <laughs> oh well that's that shot down a lot of my hopeful ideas for this evening. I'm really sorry, Jake. I know no, how much you wanted to consume a tiny human. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> or, or consume a regular sized human and allow your stomach to distend to such an extent that you are swollen and engorged that was my that was my lifetime ambition just down the toilet i'm really sorry for that it's it's okay i'll just have to find something else and a really important part of vor as well which i really have to emphasize right at the beginning is that mostly in vor the victim is alive even after being swallowed which is so, interesting 
I mean, I'm not going to lie and assume that I am very naive to what this is on the internet. We are we are all in people of well-traveled areas on the internet. We come across it. But at the same time, I, 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 I always question, it's like, well, what's the, the differences between, well, what's real, what's not, what's cannibalism, what's... Mm. It's, it's just a big ballpark. You say that, but if you said that to someone who was in Tavor, they might be very upset because it's a oh. very complex... There's lots of different niche areas to the subculture of Vore. Like, you could not compare, for example, hard Vore to, say, protective soft Vore, which I will I will go into detail about that later on. Okay. So, a couple of facts. The, right. the personal character being eaten is commonly referred to as the prey, while the character doing the eating is often referred to as the predator, or pred. Pred is the cool term oh, for predator. So- there is an official lingo. That's yeah, there going is on a lingo. This. Yeah, yeah. So Jacob, you could you could you be my pred if I ever invite you around and feel that I'm that way inclined to want to be eaten. So that's consensual, vor. Oh, I'm just waiting for the invite, really. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, so, sorry, Karen. Karen, I'm sort of I'm making I'm taking notes down for this this uh, okay, F- this this party I'm attend to later. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to slip up and make any mistakes and alienate mm. your new vor friends. So. <laughs> Vor is traditionally depicted as an oral act, obviously, so the act of eating another person or swallowing them. Sweet nom-noms. But there are variations involving our other orifices. Okay. I kind of want to ask, and don't want to ask, which other orifices? So I will happily go into more detail on this, but not yet. (laughs) But I will say for now... Yes, they involve the anus. Yes. <laughs> yes, they involve nipple holes somehow that are Ooh. mouths. Okay, okay. Yeah. And vaginas as well as another orifice that is often used in, in this type of war. Thank you for going straight to nipples. That has definitely readied the blow for mm-hmm. the rest of that. But, you know. There are hey. other kinds as well, but I don't think our listeners are ready for that yet. <laughs> we'll I don't get know if there. I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> I don't know either, Jake. Hey, I, if I want to come away from this and know full, I'd be, I am generally interested in the understanding of people and how they sort of are attracted to these things out of a general curious section. Actually, I've got some notes down here, but I'll, I'll bring them, I'll bring them up later. I'm hoping by the end of this episode, we'll all be able to determine exactly which sub niche of Vore we would be into if we were into Vore. Oh, that's a fun game. Yeah, hmm. let's do that. We can't do it yet because right, I haven't right. told you about all the different types. Sorry, sorry. Let's move on. Let's move forward. Okay. So. Let's talk about cannibalism. Cannibalism <laughs> is not Let's. necessarily vor, okay? That's a simple misunderstanding that a lot of people who are into vor might come across. Okay, so, so like uh, the difference between if I was a professional photographer and then someone took selfies and also on their Instagram said, I am also a professional photographer, that same level of just yeah, get out of my ballpark, friend. Exactly like that. So while some people who are into vor are also into cannibalism... As a whole, as a generalization, you wouldn't want to say that because it's not accurate. Most vorophiles do not favor cannibalism. And so vor is basically separated into two main subcultures. There's soft vor and hard vor. Okay. So, so soft vor, soft vor is pretty harmless. It mostly involves the act of sort of swallowing. The person who they are swallowing their prey is kept alive. If they are swallowed and taken into the stomach, they're normally kept there. It can be consensual. It can be unconsensual. It sort of depends on the type of vor. And as I said earlier, it depends on how they get in as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be swallowed. Hard vor, on the other hand, is a lot more gory and violent. And it's a bit scary for little old Joe. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's probably going to be a bit scary for a little old a lot of people. But hey, you it- do you. <laughs> It involves a lot of sharp teeth, guts, ripping of flesh, that kind of thing. I didn't look too much into it because it was quite upsetting and what I found. So I was just like, you know what? I'm okay with just looking at kind of soft vor for now and we'll go from there. I was going to say, I would, I, if anything, I would feel I would be more climatized to the hardest stuff if you look look at something like game of thrones for example you know it, it's it's not like these days we get all dark and murky but at the same time i feel tonight i will test that theory and come off a a, a better or more sort of fearful man you say game of thrones actually thinking about it i think there is a vor scene in game of thrones when daenerys targaryen eats the heart of oh is it a horse or is it a man i can't remember 
I assumed it was a horse. If not, that guy was hench. But then again, so <laughs> was it. So massive were all heart. He was a giant. Actually, that would be Vor if he was a giant. Then that would be more Vor. So, so that's leading off off of the the harder stuff. Tell us more about this soft Vor. So, in soft Vor, as I said, the prey is consumed alive and maybe released, or maybe held for a time, or even in, even digested. The idea being that it's the whole swallowing act. It's all about mouths and orifices and being sucked into something and then kept in a stomach. Normally a stomach, anyway. I was looking at this from the outside, and do tend to think in these fantasies, given their fantasies, you know, what, what's the end result of coming out of this as a non-literal term? But then again, being fantasies, fantasies being fantasies, you never really think all that through. But if you're someone like me, who generally, mm. generally has to think, where, where is actual consuming in the area of I'm, I'm assuming that's more in the hard area. What, you mean the digesting? Yes, that's the that's the word. So digestion is an interesting one because it kind of it blurs the lines between soft vor and hard vor because there's harmless digestion. I say harmless. Wow. Wherein, like, you know, they're partially digested. I guess that's probably technically hard vor, you know. There's all these different types of digestion. So there's like, there's a type where you might get swallowed by a big snake and then the, the muscles within the stomach contract so much that the victim suffocates. That's one of them. Real life stuff. Real life stuff. Well, well, kind of, except the snake is cartoonishly big. And the people the snake is swallowing is really sexy ladies. I'm sure somewhere in the world a giant mega python has, has consumed a good-looking woman. Good-looking women just taste better, brother. <laughs> oh, I don't understand that reference, but I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan, the snake. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hulk Hogan would definitely be in to hard vor. I'm going to say I can easily... I like to think that his handlebar moustache is kind of like a nutcracker corners. So it is the bottom of his mouth, that little square just opens up really wide. Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> I he, hasn't, de- he hasn't denied this accusation, so it usually could be. I mean, he's definitely eaten the careers of other wrestlers. <laughs> oh, oh, sick burn! Zing! <laughs> and all the people who listen to this podcast just because of wrestling feel worthwhile. <laughs> Hells yeah. We'll have to make sure we plug that one. <laughs> <laughs> so there's loads of different types of war, as I said, and they each have their own sort of niche community around them. So one of the most common ones is same size vor, which is basically when you eat someone or someone eats someone else who is around about the same kind of proportions to them, which means, you know, thinking caps on now, when you eat a person who is the same size as you, your stomach would get very, very, very big, like a cartoon snake. You know, in, in the cartoons when a snake eats something and it's like the outline of the body mm, in it? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like what same size vor is like. Okay. okay. I mean, I mean, it's, this is this is definitely all that I want. I don't know if you noticed, but I sent you all a picture in your notes. That's an example of some same size vor. So we've got a pretty lady in a nice outfit. I don't know who she's supposed to be, some anime character. And she says, burp, well, that takes care of my love rival, teehee. <laughs> I think you're missing oh, my. gurgle and slush sound effects there. <laughs> Which, very okay, important. that is very important. I will come back to the sound mm. element of Vore oh. later on today. But Ooh. sound is a huge, huge part of the Vore fetish. Oh, wow. But for now, I want to talk about the fact that she's talking about taking care of her love rival. So that's a really common theme in a lot of same size, or not even necessarily same size, but a lot of soft vor, is women eating their romantic rivals. Oh, okay. So this is like the vor equivalent of the plumber comes over and somehow sex happens. Is that, is that the, the, the generic fantasy it's it funny you say plumber, Jake, because oh. you'll never guess what my first instance of same <laughs> oh, size, no. love rival, soft vor was. Oh, no. Princess Peach devouring oh. Rosalina because she said that Mario looked really cute. Oh, no. Oh, dear me. I mean, to be fair, that's probably not the worst thing I've seen Princess Peach in, tied to on the internet. But that's an entirely different <laughs> different story in itself. Princess Peach looked mean in that video. I'm scared of her now. Whoa, she what is ate it? This her is a... hole. Okay, so there's a video. So in terms Yeah, there's of... a video. Oh, wow. So how, how did the mouth work? What was the functionality of the jaw? 
So in a lot of kind of animation is a huge part of the Vore community because obviously it's fantasy, so you can't really enact it for real. Mm. Like if you go to porn sites, there are some instances of like Vore where say tiny plastic men are put into women's hoo-hahs and swallowed and (laughs) stuff like that. But generally a lot of it takes place within the realms of animation where Mm. anything is possible. Magic. Therefore, when Princess Peach swallowed Rosalina whole, Rosalina remained the same size until she met Princess Peach's mouth and then shrunk. You know how they do it? They shrink them down. Uh, okay. That old classic technique. Yeah. Which I'm sure I've used in D&D at least twice. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm, I'm starting to realise a lot more about myself now. Seriously? Us too. <laughs> <laughs> what you just noticed is actually an intervention podcast. That's what oh. we need. Recording them out. That's oh, episode shit. two. Oh, fuck. Jake, you got a problem. <laughs> oh, not again. Now it's in a podcast format. <laughs> so, other than same size soft vor, we also have like macro and micro vor, which is based on macrophilia and microphilia, which is basically when the predator or the prey is either very, very big or very, very small. Okay, so we're talking like a Godzilla King Kong versus some dude. Does Godzilla ever eat things you know, i'm sure he does that. no i don't think he well at least not in the more recent movies i think it was the thing he ate fish and then he somehow protected people for a reason yeah i don't really think there's been a scene of anyone physically being eaten by godzilla even the enemy even the nasty monster was just kind of like i like nukes they're yummy yum 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 so no material for vor enthusiasts then no maybe in the tv show there's a there's something there i hope so <laughs> i i we all hope so we're actually thinking about it. The um, Peter Jackson King Kong with all those big bugs. If you remember that famous scene, a lot of people get eaten. I'm just saying. That's true. I've not seen that film, but it sounds like gore to me. Yeah, there's lots of uh, big wormy creatures swallowing men. There's literally a scene where two bugs literally eat two parts of some the same person. That's like yes. double gore. Double gore. Yeah. A double triple gore rainbow. This oh, changes well. everything. <laughs> So what what other quick name subcultures we can delve into? Okay. I don't know how deep you want to go. To the pit of my stomach. To the pit of your stomach. Okay. Well, how about before delving into the pits of your stomach, Jake? I know what you're trying to achieve here. With <laughs> nudge, nudge. Say uh, no, pun. vor. Let's go oh, into... <laughs> you caught me off guard. <laughs> Let's instead go into some common themes that appear within vor. Feel free to interrupt me at any time to tell me you know, your thoughts and opinions on, on all of these. Okay, I'll have a raise my hand ready. So, number one is consent versus not having consent. I know you didn't expect a podcast about Vore to delve into the realms <laughs> of sexual, sexual relationships. <laughs> but there we go. Consent is actually very important in Vore, either having it or lack thereof. So some lovers of four prefer the prey to be eaten non-consensually. So I don't know if any of you guys have watched Men in Black 2. Mm. Yes. Hands oh, up. Oh, yes. Um, right. Yeah, literally right at that. And we, have, we will never forget that very sexy scene where we got our first erection, uh, <laughs> seeing sexy lady alien eat the man in the park, and then she gets a big tummy, and that's some non-consensual vore. Ah, well, I mean, that is literally the most mainstream I think I've ever witnessed Vore. I think I'd mean, be that... surprised. Vore appears in a fair few places. Ah, thankfully I've got a lot of notes about that, but we'll get onto those <laughs> that later. But uh, out, out of Men in Black specifically, my favourite was the bit in the first film where the giant cockroach man ate Agent K, and he literally was a scene where he was just crawling up inside his stomach before exploding out of him, which I think really opened some doors for me as a child. Yeah, some first direction moments there. Yeah, I can see what they were doing. We're trying to get away from the blood and gory aspect of it. But really, I reckon they've probably influenced a lot more younger minds. It's funny. You know what? People like Agent K, like gruff older men, very rarely appear in a lot of vor. It seems to be a lot of like kind of sexy women. Hmm. I don't know. I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to delve into this question. It's like, you know, if you have a particular type of the person you would like to consume, is it because they, like you said, do they taste better? That's okay. That's actually a really interesting other point. So taste is actually quite a big part of a lot of fan fiction versions of Vore. Oh, 
So a lot of the times the predator will comment on how the prey tastes. And depending on how they're being eaten, i.e. via which orifice, depends on often <laughs> like kind of how they'll taste. Okay. Similarly, in the opposite way, a lot of people like writing vore about the predator themselves tasting or smelling a certain way. Like taste and smell is a really strong theme in vore. Looking at it, from what I've seen, there is a lot of, because obviously in mouth, tongue, there's a lot of sensory stuff. Mm. I think, well, I believe it's kind of like tied to this. Yeah, Which absolutely. makes a lot, a lot of sense given how in lots of areas it all comes down to touch, taste, smell, that kind of thing. So it's quite interesting to look at the aspect of food and eating as a, as a sexy thing. Because I think, imagine the amount of times you've gone and said, this pizza is so good, it's arguably better than sex. <laughs> and then someone said, oh, well, why not both? And then we were like, what? <laughs> Fuck the pizza. Great idea. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Hey. Oh, <laughs> it also it must make sense as well, because if you're swallowing, you're not really observing. So no. I guess you would have to rely on other senses to make it in any way sexy for the viewer. There's actually a lot of stuff to do with yoga and meditation about food. And literally, I went to a meditation thing a, while, a short while back. And one of the sessions was about eating food and the feel of it going down the throat and into your stomach. And I'm thinking, that must ring a lot of very similar bells when it comes to vor. Was this class delivered by a giant snake by any chance? Uh, well, I don't... <laughs> now you're saying that, they had a really long... Yeah, mmm, big snake. Fuck, I, I just... Well, I've, well I, I've been bamboo... I'm lucky to get out alive. Out of his stomach alive, yes. Speaking of stomachs and getting out alive, while we're on the subject of, of sort of stomachs and digestion, one of the really interesting things I came across about the consent versus non-consent of vor is that there's this subculture within it that actually sees being swallowed as like a comforting act, almost a okay. caring, protective act. Hmm. Okay. So, for example... If you are with your partner and you love them very, very much and you want to keep them safe, you could, say, swallow them and they might find that act very comforting, the thought of being in your stomach. Or vice versa. You might want to crawl into your partner's stomach and be safe in there. So it's like a big internal hug. Yes, it's a safe space. <laughs> okay. Oh. In their full tummy. Of, full of stomach acid. Is this something? <laughs> so, <laughs> depictions of the the actual stomach itself as an organ varies hugely. Some oh, stomachs okay. are depicted with like bubbling, vile smelling stomach acids that you mm. know that erode the victim slowly and they melt to death. And others are literally equipped like a lounge. <laughs> what? Complete Ooh. with furniture. Some of them ha contain like museums or entertainment zones. Okay. There's, there's sometimes they keep collections of people down there. So there's this whole hub going on. There's all these people wow. you can talk to. It's like a TARDIS. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was already hedging my bets that when it came down to which one are you, I'd definitely love a, a quite a nice, well furbished apartment. I, and I'd just be eaten by some big. Cuddled, cuddled toy dragon. But I'd just like to imagine how much of a pain it would be to be like, all right, George, so I am really feeling a hot tub. Could you please just, here it is. I mean, we'll figure out the plumbing later, but could you just, come on, <laughs> come on. Just let's, let's work out some logistics on this thing. Another fun fact about consensual swallowing. Some people believe that if you are swallowed by a loved one, it can cure your depression. Okay. There is a lot of fan art and fan fiction about people with like depression and anxiety who get swallowed by someone or something they love and it cures them and they're happy oh. and they live in there for the rest of their lives with no mental illness whatsoever. And I think that's really nice. That is quite nice. <laughs> I mean, in truth, I think we all really just want to, because it's the same place, it's a safe, it's a safe place, isn't it? It's something warm and cozy. I mean, I'd mm. love to just be eaten by someone I care about and just think, you know what? Fuck the, the horrors of the world. I'm happy here. That's I'm the thing. Me. Like, if the stomach had furniture and, you know, carpets and, like, was nicely decorated and didn't smell of stomach bile, I would probably quite enjoy being inside a stomach and probably would find it quite comforting. Because you're near the heartbeat, aren't you? Yeah. I can imagine it's a lot sort of like where, the, where psychologists will say it's like being close to your parents, being close mm. to the womb. Where it's kind of like, I was safe here for a very long time. It was great. I didn't have to think about mortgages or tax. And we will get on to wombs oh, oh. later. <laughs> oh, oh, my days. But before we do, we should talk about sound. 
So, as I said, sound is huge. Like, all the senses are massively important to a lot of Vore enthusiasts. That clip of the men in black sexy alien who swallowed the guard, uh, she makes a few... I can't bring myself to call them sexy noises because it's literally her going... (laughs) Gurgle, gurgle. But... All the comments on that clip of the film are people going, this was my sexual awakening, I got my first boner to the sounds she makes, I'm fapping right now to the noise (laughs) she makes at 36 seconds in, which is, by the way, a sound that's kind of like this. Mm. People love the shit, especially like chomping sounds, like that, or like digestion sounds. It's a big, big part. I mean, who plays the bad guy in Men in Black 2? I forget her name, but she's in Twin Peaks. Oh my god, yes! Pretty sure it's her. Laura Finn Boyle. Is that it? I think so. I'm terrible with names. Also, so many people, bless them, on that video were like, she goes behind a bush and then she throws up the guy and her stomach goes back to normal. And so many people were livid! They were like, I can't believe that they made that decision to have her throw up the man instead of having her wander around in her lingerie with a massive stomach all the way through the movie. And I gotta say, I kind of agree with them, because how interesting would that have been? I can definitely understand that mindset of, if you're committing to it, you go full hog. Because this isn't just kind of like a, a casual lifestyle you pick and think, well, I can just sneak it in very subtly here and there. No, no, it's an all-in kind of scenario. And it must take a lot of gusto to be like, you know what? all in i am all in and all open to this bam (laughs) and then been like ah hey representation wait no no you put it back in him i can (laughs) understand i can understand that kind of like that anger of being like is this it is this is this when i get to be me and then hollywood just goes no so before i move on to like the other variants of porn do you have any porn before i move on to the other (laughs) we're learning a lot about joe tonight ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so before we move on to variants of Vore, do you have any questions for me, first of all, as the hmm. resident Vore expert? At least with the pitch you've shown us of this nice anime woman, I'm assuming it means that a lot of it is very cartoony drawn and not realistic? There is different types again. So some of it's super cartoonish and they prefer the fact that it's total fantasy, it will never happen and it never could happen. But there is hyper-realistic vor as well and in fact some people will go to great lengths to recreate hyper-realistic vor. So I came mm. across one instance of a giantess. So giants are a huge theme in macrophilia. I think I've, I think I've got that right around. It's either macro or microphilia which is the subsect of one of the subsects of vor. So a giantess eating a tiny person and sometimes it will be them literally swallowing like a plastic figurine of like a little man and they'll just go and then they'll show you their mouth seeing someone's empty mouth is a very big part of it as well i was going to say from my research i've definitely seen a lot of heavy scenes of mouth and people falling into and it it says it then sort of is it sexualizing the mouth because you know we've talked about how a lot of of touch feel sense sense stuff when it comes to that kind of thing and even hell yeah in actual meditation it's something people use to relax and calm themselves but then it makes me think it's like is the mouth in any way sexualized in the same way that say the boobies or the manti is i would say yes absolutely the mouth is sexualized there's huge amounts of vor porn which is just a shot of someone's mouth and especially if they've got like big teeth or you can see their tonsils or you can see their tongue or you can kind of see down their throat anything like that is like extra bonus points i like to think that maybe like toothpaste models or toothbrush models get a lot of a little cheeky bit of side business where it's kind of like i take good care of my mouth i exercise my lips my teeth are immaculate all day all the time and think hey you know what there's something else here there's an untapped market that i can i can lend myself to Seriously, you can make a lot of money if you've got a good-looking mouth. It's kind of just like Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the connotations. So, yeah, some of the like the homemade vor porn is quite DIY, like I said, so it's just like swallowing little dolls and stuff. Or like in one case where I saw a woman shrink down her two sisters into tiny plastic dolls and then put them inside her vagina. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> some other instances, though, are a lot more crafty, expensive. I don't know how you describe it. So I saw one, which was a woman eating a man, 
And they had like a contraption which made her whole, it was like a fake stomach and it blew up to be really, really big. And it must have involved like cogs and like harnesses and stuff and loads of paper mache. I don't know how, how they did it, but like a lot of work went into recreating this this expanding stomach. Wow. So it was a, a real thing that someone had made for this this video of a yeah. real people. Hats off for pushing those boundaries. Because I always, you think, how do people realize this in a creative way? And I think if you've gone to the effort of making that, that in itself, I don't know how you get a job with this. But at the same time, I kind of feel like it's something that probably should be on your CV. Like, look I, yeah. what I made real. <laughs> I really feel for the people who are like, you know, mechanical experts at VOR outfits. Because like, you know, I have a job which my parents don't understand. You know, I'm a wrestling podcaster. God knows how the people who create the contraptions for VOR enthusiasts must feel <laughs> trying to explain their job to their parents. It's really hard just one of those industries where it's kind of like you know what mum it's uh, just don't worry about it i get money I'm, I'm, I'm financially secured and it's not drugs don't worry son we love vor too but it's a family shared pastime depending on what fanfic be. what fanfic you're reading <laughs> <laughs> i do actually have a question on on that particular note is there i mean i know it's got ties to sex but is there a non-sexualized thing because I, I i feel generally looking back now across this meditation thing a while back that we had about a good 50 people taking part in some who are regulars it made me think it's like is this sensory based element of it a big part of it in some way like it's not is it not all entirely about sex like i think i don't know where that is so what you're asking how many people who are into vor are into it sexually kind of like is there anything in terms of the research we've found is there any like element of I don't know. I think it's this kind of the same stuff you were talking about in a comforting way. Yeah, that's the thing. So not everyone who is into Vore is into it in a way that like they're into it sexually, so they might not masturbate to it per se. Some people are into it, as I said earlier, in a kind of comforting, protective way. Some of it are into a humorous way. And there is a huge subculture again within Vore of people who don't find it sort of a fetish, but mm-hmm. do find it interesting and find it very funny. And there's a big... You know depression memes? There's a big crossover between vor and depression memes, weirdly enough. Okay. Really? Well, sort of sidetrack into that kind of area. How does... Like, what, for example, give us an example of a mem. Of a may-may. A may-may? Oh, I don't know about may-mays specifically. I haven't delved that far in yet. I just know that some people do it more as a kind of joke, but... In a respectful way, to the point where it's kind of considered, if you start looking into Vore for humour, it's a slippery slope. You will probably develop some kind of genuine interest for it at some point. Much like memes themselves. Yeah, well, that's how this thing sort of goes. But I do think that's quite interesting that there seems to be the humour element that somehow transcends into memes. Yes, I think there's a lot of fetish subcultures that can do that, but none quite as predominantly as Vore. Like, there are so many people who know about Vore, are interested in Vore, but are not remotely attracted or turned mm. on by Vore. Yeah. I wonder if it's because it's just so unrealistic, in a way, yeah. that you can make jokes about it because it's such a fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is it, silly. Okay, okay, I found a, a pretty decent good Vore meme. Oh, so, go. so we've got a carnivore, which is the clown eating someone. And we've got a herbivore, which is some herbs eating someone. Hey. Ah, the memes are dank. They oh, surely no. are. Wow, I wonder <laughs> if this has just opened my browser into a new sort of like area of, ah, so you like vor memes. Well, let's just change your cookies to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you folks are ready for me to dive real deep into this murky waters of this pool. I think let's let's dive deeper. Let's let's submerge. Let's op- let's crack open the wine and just go in a blaze of glory. I've got my wine ready. Do you? I don't, but I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you're both sitting down. Because I'm going to start telling you about the various and I I'll be honest, this is personal preference, but these are a little creepy these types of vor and some are just funny. So Start off with, well, we'll go right in with Cock Vore. Wow, we, that was just smack to the face mm. straight away. <laughs> so Cock Vore, I mean, you may think that Cock Vore involves like eating someone penis first. And if you thought that, you would be wrong. 
Ah, because I, I actually generally was a bit excited about that. Yeah, no. Cockvore <laughs> involves the prey being eaten by the predator's penis. Ooh, ooh. I'm squirming a bit here, do apologise. Ooh. How does that make you feel? Well, right now I'm imagining something going in into the, to the, to the, to the third eye, and it's giving me strange feelings, guys. Well, in this situation, though, Jake, your third eye, as it were, opens up into a mouth. Does that so, make it more or less kind of pleasurable? No, I could see that. I can see that. Karen, pe- keep painting this mental picture for me because I'm slowly being turned. You're being turned by Cockvoy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was a bit like, okay, at first, but now I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm, 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 work- <laughs> I'm working it out in my head. So Cockvoy, quite simply, as I said, is, is when a penis as the predator eats the prey. But there are lots of other different types of sexual vor using different orifices. So one of them is reverse vor, otherwise known as anal vor, which obviously features the predator or pred devouring their prey with their anus. Holy hell. Now the weird thing about this one is you'd kind of think because it's going up into the anus, it would then go into the person's stomach. Yeah, that's logical, right? I'm sure yeah. there's a South Park episode about this exact thing. I there really is. hope so. Yeah, but you, you shove things at your butt and then you poop out your mouth. That's the whole point yeah, of the episode. Yeah, and they were sort of like, oh, it was more more efficient for the body. Yeah, this is an Emmy-winning show, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that we can follow them as an Emmy-winning podcast. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> So, okay, so, up, up the butt. So the weird thing is, <laughs> a lot of anal vor doesn't involve the prey ending up in the stomach. That's too logical for this. Instead, what often happens is the prey will end up in the ass cheeks of the predator. Wait, what? I mean, that's where all the all the dookies stored, right? Well, apparently so. <laughs> so like a, a really big niche of this subculture I came across was these artists on DeviantArt who were really into anal vor and something else called breast vor. Okay. Breast vor involves the prey being eaten or taken into the predator via their breasts or nipples. And in some of these cases, the predator will use it as a way of kidnapping their prey and keeping them alive. And this was the weirdest rabbit hole I came across throughout all the research I came and did. And let me explain why. In these scenarios, wherein anal vor or breast vor, they say, go to their prey, and they're like, ha ha ha, I will keep you hidden inside me, come into my breasts, or butt. And then they'll, like, keep them there, like they've been kidnapped, and then they'll cackle and go, ma ha ha, and their breasts or their ass cheeks will, like, gurgle and jiggle around and swell and distort because there's little men in there. Okay. Or regular-sized men. And one of the ones I came across is a huge love of, what's her name? Emma Watson? Harry Potter? That's that's her, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, for whatever reason, there's this huge part of the internet which dedicates their time to using the liquify tool on Photoshop on Photoshop, already photoshopped images of Emma Watson where her boobs have been made really big and she's obviously been kind of crossed over with a picture of a like an adult film star or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. And where she will devour her prey, keep them in there so that her breasts are really big. Right. I mean, mean, as a woman, can you testify that consuming people is the easiest way for breast (laughs) enhancement? Absolutely. Yeah. If I ever wanted my breasts to be bigger, I would definitely eat other women via my nipples. Well, I mean, learn something there. I actually have some fan fiction I would like to read about this. It's about Emma Watson. Okay. Um, Okay. It's about her devouring someone called Amber. Would you like to hear it? I, I'm not going to lie. I am very, very, very invested into this, and I definitely want to hear this. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Just like the little <laughs> breath. Oh, I'm actually genuinely excited to see what this I loves a good. I love a good fanfic. Here we go. I'm going to do a dramatic interpretation. Emma let loose another hive of moans. She smacked her chops like some ravenous wolf. <laughs> and stared down at her prey. I won't ever forget you, honey. You aren't dying. You won't be going anywhere. We'll finally be closer than any two can be. We'll be one. Emma soothed her. Amber had already admitted defeat, though. Her arms stopped their jostling, and her legs, deep within Emma's monstrous boob, had stopped kicking. (laughs) 
Emma patted her as her boobies plopped inside of her nipple lips, one after another, <laughs> with a wet pop. A wet pop? Okay. Emma did sample the boobs a bit in her mouth. They were tasty, but that ass was certainly the selling point. It took literally seconds to pull the rest of Amber inside of her never-ending breast. There was a look of acceptance on Amber's face as she left, and Emma made sure to say goodbye first. She felt no pity, though. She was convinced that Amber would not die. She was eternally a part of Emma now. There was no pain or suffering, but a slow and peaceful loss of consciousness in a sea of milk. And then, God's sake. And then she would begin her second life as a part of the newest goddess of war. Wow. The end. That's quite there was there was there genuinely was a point when they were talking about loss and acceptance where I thought, wow, this got really serious and really sentimental. <laughs> and yeah. then the sea of nipple milk just came out of nowhere and just took me right back to where we need to be. So you know how we were talking earlier about how different body parts have different stuff inside? Like sometimes the stomachs will contain furniture. Yeah. In the breasts, sometimes they contain lots of milk. And I came across quite a few writings of fan fiction which i mean i would hope were written by a prepubescent boy because there is no <laughs> physical way that eating a woman via your nipples would encourage your breasts to produce more milk if you're not even pregnant i've noticed that as well it's a very strange grasp of anatomy yeah in all of it i mean not just you know trying to swallow something as big as you but if i may go back to cockvore for two seconds <laughs> please please <laughs> you know, go back to cockvore please do Looking at it as well, a lot of it seems to be they just go down the shaft and then just end up in the balls and, and then turn they into semen. There. Yeah, I mean uh, that's not how that's not how it works. There's there's <laughs> tubes and many things go into it. it. It's very odd. It's it's a very I don't know cartoonish, simplified <laughs> version of the body where it's like a big balloon. See, I find that interesting. Just... I didn't look at any cock for. Um, oh well, I, good. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm very interested. By the fact that, yeah, again, so so you go into the penis, you end up in the testicles, and straight you, away, and you are turned into semen. Semen, yeah, it somehow digests you in it. Fascinating. That makes me question: What happens when you come back out? I mean, I mean, does it does it like just be like, well, you same out than in? I, I, well, a lot of them they seem to turn into semen, and then they collect them in giant comically sized condoms, and then just have them. Oh, well, just keep them. Yeah, where? Just there, <laughs> just in the con- just in the big condom. Oh, what? what? But where yeah. do they keep the condom? It'll be used, just, right? I'm looking at a picture now, just in their room. Just in their room? Yeah, with like a name tag and a picture on them. I mean, to be fair, a lot of prepubescent boys and proper lads <laughs> probably do that anyway without the, yeah, the vor yeah. connotations. So if anything, it's just fitting in with the genre. What I'm trying to get out here is the simplified anatomy within the this... Uh... Absolutely. I mean, even in sort of basic softball, where mm. they are swallowed via traditional methods of the mouth... Even then, sometimes the predator has the option to choose whether or not to digest their prey. So they could keep them in their stomach indefinitely until they decide, oh, I'm going to digest this person now, and then they digest them. Which, again, you can't do. I I think it's easy to nitpick of the the physics and the biology of things. It is. It's kind of like, Mm, again, you watch Mr. Plumber Man bonk some random person, you have to question, well, first things first, Mr. Plumber Man, don't you have other jobs to do? Do you ever question whether or not he's getting paid for this? Or if that's his payment? In which case, you know, he can't eat off that. It feels like it's one of those societies that don't think about it rule. Yeah, definitely. But I would definitely love to have a book that explains the anatomies of certain kinds of just being like, how does it work? Because I'm, I'm sure someone definitely has to think for thought, I'm going to justify this biological who's it, what's um, it. I guess if somewhere down the evolutionary line we crossed with snakes, you could say it works. Yeah. I mean, I just enjoy being crossed with snakes just so I can just get rid of everything in one. Just shed my skin and be like, ah, fresh, acne, <laughs> gone. Yeah. Just, oh, all those blemishes. I'm perfect. And then, <laughs> boom, there we go. Goodbye, yeah. plate. I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to imagine just how the body would even handle such a thing. It's, it's easy. You get swallowed by the mouth. You get, you live there. If you get There's swallowed bones, by the though. dick, you get turned into sperm. <laughs> if you get yeah. swallowed Ooh, by the boobs, you get turned into milk. 
regardless of if you're pregnant, obviously. And then if you're devoured by the ass, then you are only used for gloating. That's another thing. <laughs> another big part, right, of the particular, like, the devouring of breasts or ass. So another, like, subculture within the subculture was there are a few people who are specifically into the idea of... Now, what's her name? Is it Kate Middleton, the princess of our country? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yes. what's her sister called? Pippa Middleton, wasn't it? It might be Pippa Middleton. So <laughs> there's this other subculture, which is just of Pippa Middleton capturing the princes, William and Harry, in her breasts, what? using them to make her breasts bigger and therefore her more powerful than her sister. Okay. And then keeping them there and gloating about the fact that she has the royal family in her boobs. I mean, that is okay. a very good power play if I was going to topple the, man yeah. the monarchy. Arguably a better power play than most English historical kings in some exactly. sense. <laughs> I'm just glad that, you know, as a woman, I have options. You know, I can mm. I can devour my <laughs> potentially romantic rivals by ingesting them via my nipples. Or, you know, if I want to devour the royal family, I can do that too. I would, and this is asking a lot, but I would think you could solve world peace by taking some certain not-to-be-named political leaders of today and just consuming them both together and being like well i rule two countries now we're at peace, we're at peace fam I'm, I'm sure that's a fan fiction already oh my if you god just look, if you look hard enough it'll be there yeah. yeah i'm thinking about it in my head and i'm already seeing how that works though i would be generally interested to see not necessarily a fan fiction but a comic or or written piece about a guy, just a normal guy, a down-to-earth real guy who is part of one of these fantasies. And then he's, he's in this sea of milk and he's just kind of like, no clue what he's doing. Like that kind of like, who am I? What, what the fuck's going on? And his life in this kind of like... Milk milks, void. Milk void. <laughs> Larry in the milk void. It starts off as a very a very trashy kind of like vor smut thing. And then it's kind of a real story about, about Larry and how he defines himself and who he meets in this endless milk void. It's all about existentialism and Dadaist art forms and anti-capitalist. And yeah, I like this. Being part of a whole, and then he realizes that secretly he's part of her conscience, and we understand this, the spiritual side of things. I don't know. I just think it would be an amazing story. Do you think that Vore is inherently capitalist or socialist? Hmm. Oh, that. Ooh. Ooh. Is is there like a two wings to it, where you've got the kind of comforting, <laughs> soft hug side, and the I want to consume and control and dominate all side. There you go then. So it's hard war and soft war is socialism and capitalism. Wow. I didn't socialism, think... all about keeping you protected, you know, probably free healthcare in that nice stomach full of, you know, sofas and pillows and stuff, you know, nice, nice socialist stomach or bad capitalist stomach that digests you <laughs> and tears apart your flesh. So it's kind of like Hannibal from the TV show Cannibal mm. versus the magic school bus. Yeah. Yeah. Thought so. Thought so. Just with more getting shoved down a urethra. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I was going to say, speaking of media and vor, if you guys would happily sort of humour me, mm. I've been doing a little bit of research on how vor may have come about, or areas of influence, because you know uh, how... Quentin Tarantino, he puts feet in everything. He sure does. He does. He loves him. He loves him a good foot. And that comes from when you're a baby, when you're around parents and around feet, you have that attraction. It's sort of a passive thing that develops into what it is today. So I was kind of looking into other areas and I started to think there's actually quite a lot of vore in today's media, specifically in films, specifically in two directors that I've noticed a lot of. I'll start with one of the more obvious ones, Sir Steven Spielberg. If you ever watch the movie Jaws, it's <laughs> riddled with the stuff. It is it is all about getting that that fishy nom nom noms. Yeah, absolutely. And it's called Jaws. Exactly. Yeah, that's ah. sexy. Ah, but the question is is the shark called Jaws? Didn't they just end up calling it the bastard or something because the animatronics was awful. Like, yeah. Sinking. yeah. Steven Spielberg is into his hard vor. Because look at Jurassic Park as well. <laughs> Very big animals eating little people in bloody horrific ways. Yeah, true. that's he, true. He is very much a hard vor guy. But on the counter side of this, I've identified a soft vor director, George Lucas. 
Really? So let's look back to our favourite franchise of films, the Star Wars. And I'm going to just go through a few scenes and we're just probably going to, you'll probably see a pattern. So um, there is a Sarlacc pit where Jabba the Hutt tries to throw Luke and eventually Boba Fett into a giant gaping mouth which consumes (gasps) people. True, the ultimate vor. There is the large giant space worm, because there was the point where Han Solo and Leia and Chewie just sort of settle down in this crater in space that somehow has an atmosphere. They don't question it. They have a little bit of an adventure, and they realize, oh my god, we're inside the stomach of a big space worm. True. And they have to fly out. Unscathed, of course. Soft vor. Soft vor. And it gets a little bit harder, though, because he had missed for a bit of a phase when Han literally stuffed Luke into the dead remaining carcass of a tonton. Mm, true. It's kind of vor. I'm sure and some people can see that counting. And there was literally the same sort of thing in the new Solo movie, where Han Solo's pretty new ship was going to be eaten up by this big space thing. And, and there's a very repetitive theme with Star Wars and being eaten alive. Oh, and the Rancor. Yes, I forgot there was the, the Rancor that the ate that rancor. woman. Yes, it, there's, it's vor everywhere. Sir George is just literally heavy on that stuff. And people look past it because he doesn't know a thing where just like close up on the eating or the chewing aspect. They're saying that. I don't know. Maybe there were a few deleted scenes. We'll give it a year or two. We'll put a recording out and be like, okay, guys, I'm ready to accept what I'm into in the new Star Wars 50th edition Vor style. Mm-hmm. But it's not just big name movies. I mean, you look at the Jungle Book and what was the snake called? Car? I oh, think. Oh, yeah, I think it was Kyle. Yeah, I think so. I, I'd imagine that is a lot of awakening for people of the hypnosis and then soon to be consumed <gasps> yeah, idea. Be That's really interesting because, yeah, I would have thought I'd have come across a lot more hypnosis in Vor stuff because that, again, would play into the fantasy theme of, ooh, mm. you're under my spell, now I'm going to swallow you. I'm sure that must be a big part. Yeah, it's the preparation of it. And you see the same in Hansel and Grout. Woman's going to cook some kids alive to eat. <laughs> Maybe not necessarily Vore, more the hard aspect of it. But you think that as a kid, you're introduced to as a really early concept to you. There's people who will literally eat you alive. And you think, oh, okay. And Pinocchio as well. There was a scene in Pinocchio where he's in the giant belly of a whale. And you think to yourself, oh, I really hope this doesn't awaken something in my adult life. And then, oh, no. (laughs) And apparently that did awaken a lot of things to a lot of early awakenings, basically. A mm. lot of people credit that scene in Pinocchio as being like, oh yeah. Wow, really? kind of made me realise I was into this. Wow. I mean, look at the guy who wrote in that scene in Finding Nemo when he's pretty much dancing on the tongue of a massive whale. Yeah, that's a bit mm, sexy. True. Yeah, that's just, that's pretty up there, Vor. It's up there with Attack on Titan when it comes with like going into mouths and eating things. Speaking of pop culture and Vor, when I mentioned to my partner Kevin that we were doing this episode, he said that The Simpsons did a lot of references to Vore. Now, I'm not a massive Simpsons head. I've, I've seen it, but I have not super sim- in knowledge of The Simpsons. You're not so a Simpsons. So someone else will have to confirm. Let's have a little delve back into areas. I mean, Homer definitely eating donuts. I think there's something in terms of eating there. But that's not... That's food. That's not... Hmm. I don't think that counts. Let's just, let's just do a little Google. Simpsons Vore. There, there has been... A couple of episodes when, normally like the Treehouse of Horrors, when they shrink down and go inside someone. <gasps> yes. Oh, there's yeah. There's quite a few. That would and count. In fact, in the Futurama, there's a couple of those as well. So it's not just The Simpsons, it's everything Matt Groening's ever done. He's <gasps> subtly put it in there, just to let you yeah. know. I've just thought of one. The Treehouse of Horror episode, where Mrs. Crabapple gains weight from the burgers that the school made out of its own students. Yes. That is Vore. I can one-up that one. Simpsons, Treehouse of Horrors, episode XV11. There is literally countless gifs of Homer literally stuffing Bart whole into his mouth, and then Bart literally pushing on the inside of his stomach. Oh my god. It's funny though, because like, a lot of the stuff I came across, it was women eating, not men eating. So, I mean, I don't know if it's just that I didn't come across that particular subsect, or if it is more common for people to be into the idea of a, of a woman devouring a man, or, or, or a woman devouring another woman. But there mm. were very few instances that I came across of a man devouring someone else. That does beg the question, if you had to get a demographic for the subculture, where does it lie? I mean, I can't imagine it's something that goes out in everyone's spam box every other day, but it would be interesting to see who's the bigger demographic in this. Yeah, I'd, I would like to know kind of how many more men than women are into Vore. 
should I say straight men? Because, I mean, for all we know, there's a lot of very gay women who are into women eating other women. Exactly. We it, They could be the sub-sub-sub-sub-subculture sub, 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 sub of within that culture. That we yeah. just... That, this is what we are here to explore and better understand. <laughs> For example, when I was looking through, I wanted to understand where this came from, maybe from a lot of the British side of things. Then all I had to look to is our favourite pastime treat of jelly babies, pom bears, and gingerbread men. Mmm. Oh, shit. Yeah, we've been voring for a long time, guys, and we've just not really known. And we question why people find it strange. It's like, well, we all do it. We all enjoy a good jelly baby. If anything, that's that's more leaning on the side of <laughs> a darker area. <laughs> I did actually come across, when I was looking on porn sites for vor, there were a few instances of women eating like jelly babies and stuff. Like, that's I... the best job ever. I could do that. I want to do that. You know, so forget this podcast, Malarkey. I'm going to set myself up as the jelly baby, mm, uh, the gingerbread man. It's harder for you. You're a man. I think you'd be better off being eaten by someone. Okay. Well, um, I'll just have to put a resume out for looking for giant woman. Oh, I also forgot to add on to the whole movie list. Tom Hardy's new film, Vornum. What? Oh, I get you. Very good. Uh, it was a Very play good. on Venom because there's literally oh, a screenshot. Boo. His head's poking out of the little mouth and it's like, oh, it's totally raw. Though it does make me question in that film when Venom eats people, does does Tom Hardy eat people? Actually, whilst I was looking for films, I actually found a website dedicated to people being eaten in films, small clips called vor.net. And it, like, if you just sort of Google vor.net, okay, no, actually, it's a sub thing to that. Vor.net is a much... Oh, it's animals eating animals. Don't Google Vore.net, guys. Just back out, back out. <laughs> oh, no, it's too late. I've done it. Ah! Oh, no. no. There's a We've lost her. But there's a... This? If you just put... Well, I've somehow stumbled on the nicer section where it's kind of like animations in movies, where someone has collected tiny clips. And it's not necessarily in mainstream movies. It's in odd TV shows. Like, for example, Mutant Alien 403. Aliens eat government agent. Rock and Rule eats... <laughs> Alien eats audience. Even Yellow Submarine. Hello. There's a point where vacuum creature sucks up food making creature. Oh, see, even going back to the, the Beatles, Vor was a thing. So Ringo Starr. Right, all those songs about swallowing 17-year-old girls. She was just 17, if you know what I mean. She was delicious to eat and keep inside my stomach. Oh, yeah. Everyone always kind of like misses that line under the, the guitar rift. But it's there. All you have to do is just pull the audio away, and it's very, very clear. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid that's pretty much all I have to educate you, kind folks, on the bizarre subculture that is Vor. Wow. One last thing, because I've only just stumbled this whilst we were recording. There is a there is something called SizeCon, which I really think we should go to in the future. What on earth is SizeCon? Well, SizeCon, as you can imagine, is all about Devor and the sizes. Mm-hmm. But what really got my attention was the heavy use of VR technology. Wow. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Now we're interested. And I was like, <laughs> oh my days. That's genius. VR has finally been given a purpose. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With VR, you could finally really live out your fantasies of being swallowed. Yes, exactly. It's a culture that is constantly evolving for, every- <laughs> for the times we're in. And think about it. VR, that's two letters of the word for. Oh, that's a marketing proposition there. We're patent-pending that right now. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the only thing I needed to add on to the tail end of this, that there is a a hearty community out there, which is very tight-knit. And I think that's something I quite like about looking into these subcultures, that there is, it's niche to the point where people, maybe they shy away from it, but people in that community then band together to be much stronger and, and end up using VR technology <laughs> to achieve their goals. Thank goodness. That's all we have time for. And I, I think I speak for all of us when I can say that this episode was indeed a mouthful. Oh, very good. <laughs> oh. Boo. Oh, I, I quit. No, you can't quit now. You're already in me and it's already happening. Please don't digest me. If you're going to keep me in here, put in some furniture... Make me comfortable. Well, I was going to say, it's kind of like a three-star hotel in there. Don't expect much. I don't eat healthy. Oh, we didn't categorize which four we would be. Oh, that's a good Oh, point. yeah, which four? So, I mean, if I was going to be into any type of vor, I think I would want to be a giantess swallowing tiny, terrible men oh. and then digesting them. Like Piers Morgan 
like make him really really small and then eat him and then kill him inside me oh wow so like a very kinky batman (laughs) (laughs) exactly I, i i can see it i can see it yeah thanks what about you jacob what's your what's your vor oh i don't know i mean Surely being able to sail the, the Grand Sea of Milk. Oh, it's a good way to unlo- go. Mm. Yeah, it unlocks that primal side of you where you just want to see what's beyond that horizon. Yeah. It's, a new, it's a new adventure. Yeah. I'd, I'd set sail. You want to be swallowed mm. by a boob? I get it. Yeah, why not? Mm. I've got five minutes. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else mi- to do. Well, I mean, if I had to pick, I feel I would definitely be for the the resort inside the stomach kind of thing where I can just hop in and out and I don't have to worry about like tax or bills. It's kind of like just dab on in and I'm happy and all my life's problems can be like, meh. But I like to think there is a sort of, I don't know, for some reason I'm imagining a pillow dragon where I'm just like comfy all the time. Okay. And then I, get, yeah. I can just like open a door somewhere because, you know, don't think too much about it. And then I can just like go to my, regular, my, my outdoor <laughs> life and then it's kind of like, I've got a home in a nice cozy place. Yeah, sounds nice. That is how I would see myself. Yeah, I, I could get behind that. Mm, mm. Well, this has definitely given me a lot of anecdotes for this mysterious party I may or may not be invited to by my neighbours later later on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy, and I hope that you have lots of conversation material now. Yeah, I hope I get consumed and stored away in a nice safe space. And you know that if you do get consumed and stored away, that means that they have a lot of time and money to build very complex contraptions with which to eat you and digest you. Yeah. Well, that I think is a great way to cap off the first episode. Thank you everyone for joining us in this voyage into the strange and unusual and our topic of today, which was vor. It was very insightful. I've definitely learned a few things. How about you guys? Have you learned something today? I have. I've learnt what you would choose if you were into a vor fetish. Fantastic. So thanks. <laughs> I've got that in my brain now. Ah, uh, and the counselling begins. Until then, we will see you all later. Thanks for listening. See ya. And we're, Bye. And we're, and we're so sorry. We're so sorry you had to listen. <laughs> oh, nom, nom, nom. Too late, Jason. You're gone. You're part of me now. Yeah. So sorry.